You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. When it comes to a tradition, a, tra- a tradition in one sense is just something that has been passed on from, from one generation to another generation and it, it just continues to be, to be passed on. Uh, and some traditions are, are very simple or elementary, such as uh, some of you probably have a Christmas tradition where you go over to Big Mama's to eat dinner or lunch. Then you have a 4th of July tradition where you go to your brother's or your or another sibling's house and you have barbecue. That's just a tradition. That's that's all it is, just a tradition. And then you have what Paul reveals here in Second Thessalonians two and fifteen. Uh, a Christian, a Christian traditions. And Paul says something in reference to the traditions that's important for us to understand. He, he talks about them holding on to the traditions that they were taught. When it comes to Christian traditions, you will either receive them from one of the 66 books or the written word, or you will receive them from the revealed word. One or the other. You're going to receive Christian traditions from the written word or from the revealed word. And when you receive traditions from the written or the, re- or the revealed word, it is important, according to the Apostle Paul, to just hold on to it. And before we deal with the verse in its entirety, uh, since you have an understanding of what a tradition is, from just a literal standpoint as well as from uh, a scriptural standpoint, it's also important to understand that there are good traditions and bad traditions. We used, I used to have a tradition when I was a sinner to get high every, every day I could. That was not a good tradition. Used to have a tradition to go to the club and see what I could take. 
away from the club. That was not a good tradition. But it was a tradition because I did it for years. Oh, ain't no need in you looking at me like that. How many had some bad traditions by a show of hands? Come on now, you can admit you had some bad traditions. Yeah, you looking all sanctified this morning, but you, you, you had some bad tradition. Then you have, then you have, um, ungodly and godly tradition. You, you take, some of us came from churches that, uh, didn't even ask you to give God his tithes and offerings. They just wanted you to pay dues. It was the church and they were calling it God's church, but it wasn't right. That's an ungodly tradition. When you come into God's church and, and, uh, you, you are being made to feel like the only thing you need to give God is some dues. That ain't right. No. You know, cause the Bible is clear. We give God his tithes and his offering. So when you were singing your song as you were coming around to give God his dues, talking about can't nobody do you like Jesus, you were robbing him the, the whole time. Now you don't even want to amen because I'm telling the truth. That was an ungodly tradition. Yeah. Ungodly tradition. And, and, and even some forms of what is called worship in certain churches is not even based upon Bible. So it's just an ungodly tradition. Now I'm going to take you to a few passages in scripture and show you some bad or ungodly traditions. All right? Let's start in the book of Matthew, the 15th chapter. Matthew 15, we'll start at verse 1. You ready? Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? Whose traditions? Now notice the religious people of Jesus' day wanted to know why his disciples were uh, sinning in reference to the traditions of the elders. And and here, here they go. For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Lord have mercy. I mean that they were really offended by that. We we haven't seen them eating bread and they didn't wash their hands. That ain't right. That they they breaking the elders' tradition. They don't need to eat it if they're not gonna wash their hands. 
Now, what they're saying is true because that's nasty. You need to wash your hands for you, for you eat. But it had become a tradition for them. Notice, notice the answer that Jesus gave them, uh, which is in the form of a question. He says, why do you also transgress the commandment? But notice he said of who? Because of your what? Now, now notice what he's saying. Your tradition, religious folk, is a sin against whose commandment? Very clear. Your tradition is wrong in reference to God's word. That's basically what he told them. Then he went on to explain. He says, for God commanded, saying, honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus, you have made the commandment of God, notice, of no effect by your tradition. See, see, and, and Jesus was pointing out because the scribes and the Pharisees had so much influence to where people would actually do exactly what they said despite the scripture. And even in our day and time, you can tell people what the Bible say, but, but depending on who they are influenced by, they'll believe the person that they are influenced by more so than God's word. In our day and time. You holding on? And I'm talking in the church. In the church. In the church. And you'd be like, man. How in the world? I never get this, 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 uh, guy was getting on this guy when they said, hey, look, don't you touch that table up there. The table that you, you serve communion on that's usually in front of some churches. He says, don't you touch that table right there. And he fussing that guy out about touching that table. And he go outside and smoke a cigarette. It's not right. No, you, you can't choose what should or shouldn't be when it comes to God's church. It has to be 
according to the order of God. Yeah. The Bible tells us, except the Lord builds the house, those that labor, labor in vain. Everything needs to be according to the word of God. And then Paul told the, the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 14 and 4 to let everything be done decently and in order. So notice a person can have influence to the point to where he or she can cause the commandment of God to be, look at the verse, of no effect. It's to the point to where it means nothing to certain folk. You can say it all day, but it means nothing to them. It has no effect. Mark 7. Y'all stay with me. I'm going to start at verse 5 in Mark 7. And again, we are considering uh, what Jesus said in reference to the Pharisees and the scribes. Ready? Mark 7 and 5. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, uh, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders again, but eat bread? Notice, with unwashed hands. Same thing, but notice, notice the difference this time. He answered and said to them, well did Isaiah prophesy of you what? Woo! Now he just called religious folk hypocrites. In our day and time, that would have that'd be a fight. But notice Jesus went on to say, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. The lips say you can't beat God giving. No matter how hard you try. But I'm robbing him. The lips say can't nobody do me like Jesus. But I don't trust him. The lips say, fix it, Jesus, fix it. But I won't trust him to fix it. Now, now notice I'm remaining contextual. He said, these people honor me with their what? But their what? Is far from me. In one sense, your heart represents your choices. See, if, if you're going to say it, If you're going to say it, you need to honor it in thought, word, and deed. Amen? And then he went on to say in verse 7, in vain they worship me. Now notice they worshiping. But then he said, it's in vain. Why? Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Then he says, for laying aside the commandment of God, 
You hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things you do. He said to them, all too well, you reject the commandment of God. And notice the reason. That you may keep your tradition. I asked a man in, in a religious church, I, I, I asked him because he was talking about how God is blessing and, and blessing him and so forth and so on. And I said, uh, and how he had changed his life. I said, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? He said, no, you know, we don't do that. We don't do that. I said, what do you mean we don't do that? And he, he was saying, well, he went to church. They don't do it. They don't do that. I said, well, I said, it ain't about you doing that. I said, it's something that God promised you in his word. I said, it's something that he promised you in his word. And, and, and the more I talked to him, the, the more he kept referring to what he does not do in his church. See, I don't want you to be to the point to where you, you just tell folks you don't do that in your church and you ain't got no biblical reference. Because the one thing I strive to do is make sure if I tell you something, you're going to have scripture to back, to back it up. Because, see, if somebody is telling you, when you're telling them about the second uh, gift of grace, that being the Holy Spirit, the second gift after salvation and they say no we don't we don't do that they are actually rejecting what god wants them to have it ain't got nothing to do with the church holy spirit bigger than the church how many understand that it's something god wants you to have you know you you talk to folks well do you you bring god his tithes and offering no we don't do that we don't do that i know y'all do that but we don't do that but I thought your church is God's church like my church or our church is God's church. So it ain't about we don't do. It's about what is right according to the scripture. You can't allow any tradition to come before God's word. It's just like now some saints here. Yeah, I'm coming your way. It, it, it's just like uh, if your loved one passed, I, I understand that you cry and so forth, but here, here your loved one been serving God all his or her life and God done took them to heaven and the whole home going service you like that, that's tradition. That's tradition when you don't celebrate. But when you, when you are a blood-washed child of God and understand that death is just a stage and that if you die in the Lord, that's a great thing. 
is so great to where Paul said in scripture is better to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. When you know your loved one is going to a place where there's no more sorrow, there's no more crying, there's no more sickness, disease, death, and so forth. If that ain't nothing to celebrate, is that something to celebrate? But see, if you're traditional, you'll be, oh, wow, wow. And ain't nothing wrong with you doing that. I'm not saying anything wrong with that. Get, you, you, you mourn, you cry, and so forth, but you bet, oh, thank you, Jesus. Mama got saved. <laughs> Woo! And I know she with you right now, Lord. And I just want to give you the praise for taking her. I want to give you the praise because you allow her to come home and she ain't going to have to worry no more about all that stuff that was attacking her body. See, you, you can never allow yourself to become traditional to the point to where you're not operating based upon the scripture. When Bro Marvin went home, preacher asked me, said, say, say, Walk, don't you need the morning? Say, you, it seems like you just been celebrating. I said, man, let me tell you something. I said it just like, just like that. Man, let me tell you something. I said, I asked God to do one thing for my daddy. I said, that one thing was saving. I said, because my daddy was religious and he had it straight to hell. I asked God to save him, and when God saved that man, and he started living according to the scripture, he could have took him, he could have took him then. But he waited years to take him after he got saved. So I, I don't have no mourning. I don't have nothing to cry about. Only thing I got is celebration in me. Oh, oh he claps. And he told me, he said, well, you're mourning one day. I said, well, I said, uh, I hear you. And that's all I said. I had mourned. I've been celebrating ever since. Am I telling you to do that? No. There's nothing wrong with mourning. But I am telling you, when your relative goes on to be with the Lord, it's time to have a celebration. You should be happy that, that God... Uh, took your, your family member and you should rejoice about it. Don't just get into tradition. See, in scripture, Jesus even had to stop folk, uh, when somebody died because, because they had called in folks that were basically professional mourners. When somebody died, they just come in and they, they just start getting the mourning party, the grieving party going on. And Jesus, Jesus, Jesus got word that somebody he was going to pray for had died. And so Jesus knew, hey, I got to get there. I got to get there. And when he got there, 
They were already grieving, already mourning. And so Jesus just basically said to them, hey, y'all need to stop. The child ain't dead. Child just sleeping. And then they stopped mourning and laughed at Jesus. But they didn't laugh long. Because Jesus went in there and the child resurrected. And the mourners had to go to the house. Heaven does not mourn when your loved one comes to be with the Lord. The same way the whole heavens rejoice when a person repents. The heavens give God the glory when one comes home to be with the Lord. It's a celebration. That's the reason Paul said, there awaits for me a crown of righteousness. What's going on when, when somebody receives a crown of righteousness? A celebration. And see, we need to understand, as it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. I got to move on, but do you understand? Let's give God the praise for that. We can't get caught up in tradition. Can't get caught up. Let's go further. Well, well, well yeah, let's go further. Let's go to Colossians. The book of Colossians. And I want you to consider the second chapter of Colossians. I hope I'm not offending anybody. Thank you for saying that so loud, my brother. Appreciate that. Colossians 2 and 8. Y'all holding on? Now this is what he said to the church. He said, beware lest anyone... Help me with the next two words. Cheat who? Now let me back up and read it again. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. Notice how. According to the traditions of men. According to the basic principles of what? And not according to what? See, folk would try to throw on you when you talk about faith, common sense. That's a basic principle of the world. That's a tradition where, where folks tell you, you need to have common sense. As a child of God, you, you ain't into no common sense. You into faith. Why? The just shall live by faith. Because if, 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 if you just allow your sense to become common, that means you're not going to discern what God is trying to reveal to you or what God is telling you you should or shouldn't do. Why? Because you're so set on being common in what you do, you won't give yourself room for the revelation of God. And see, that's the reason he, he says here again, look at it. Colossians 2 and 8. Beware lest anyone do what? Cheat you. Rob you. And those through philosophy. Empty deceit. According to the traditions of men. According to the basic principles of the world. See, see, as a child of God, you can never get caught up in tradition. You can never get, you can never get to the point to where you're so common to where 
you start talking like uh, the world talks when certain situations happen. You ain't got no business saying out, out of your mouth, you don't know what you're going to do. You got too much word to say you don't know what you're going to do. What you mean you don't know what you're going to do? You don't know what you're going to do. What about prayer? What about seeking and finding something? What about asking until it's given? What about calling on the elders? What, what, what about using what you done been taught? Don't ever get to the point to where you, you be like, well, we don't know what we gonna do. That shouldn't be no child of God. Don't never, don't, don't never get common to the point to where you base what you can have on what you possess. Israel didn't have nothing much. But God told them you, while they were slaves, being tormented, I got houses for you you didn't even build. That's what he told them when they were slaves. Egypt was a beautiful place, but the Lord told me, you know what? I got something nicer than this. I got a place for y'all that's flowing with milk and honey. They didn't have anything. And even when, when Gideon got to looking at his situation and decreed to the angel of God, he said, when the angel of God said, hey, mighty man of God, Gideon said, you can't be talking about me. Get, get, get the mentality of Gideon, just like folk in our daytime. Gideon said, hey, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I'm the poorest one. Now, that's what he said to the angel after the angel had called him a mighty man of God. God sees you different from how you see yourself. And he'll make it his business to instill in you to start looking at yourself different. And not to look at yourself based upon your situation. It's a mistake when you ever lower yourself to the point to where you only look at yourself based upon what you possess. God knows, naturally speaking, that, 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 uh, you ain't more than a conqueror. But that's what he calls us. Because he sees what we don't see. He sees what we are becoming. I mean, you, you never, you, you never limit yourself to being who you are based upon where you are or what you possess. You always see yourself through the eyes of God and be bold when you tell, oh, I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. 
And don't ever get on the phone and, and, and you get to talking to somebody you acting calm. Well, I ju- I'm just going to tell you, uh, don't look like it's going to work out for me. Yeah, we done tried two, three things, but it's still ain't like, working out for us. So I, I, I it's just, I, I, it, it, it ain't going to work out. In the world it ain't gonna work out when when the Bible says all things work together for the Lord I love that word for the what to those who what love God and are the call according to his purpose do you love God See, when you love God, you strive to do what he, what he tells you to do. That's what Jesus said, right? If you love me, you'll keep my what? Commandment. That means you strive to do what he's telling you to do. You're not, you're not going to be flawless in doing it. No, and it's going to take you time to learn how to, how to put the precepts of God in, into action. But again, when you love God, you can't be talking, you, you, it ain't, you done tried three, four things and it ain't going to work out. All things work together for the good when you love God. It, it, but you, but you gotta, you gotta have it in your spirit that it's going to work out for you. Y'all all right? Lord, in my clothes. God, God Almighty. I'm trying to say. Second Thessalonians 2 and 15. See, see, we got to have our own traditions. Yes, we have. And, and we, we got to be firm when it comes to Christian traditions. And that's what Paul wanted from the church. Because notice what he says again here in Second Thessalonians 2 and 15. And keep in mind, he's specifically talking to the brothers or the brethren. And notice what he tells them. Number one, brethren, I need you to stand fast. Number two, and hold the traditions which you were what? Taught. Whether you were taught it by word or letter. Whether I sent you a letter and told you to do something. Or whether I was in person and taught you. Look what he told him. He said, I need you to stand fast. See, when, when you stand fast, it, it says that you're in a defensive position. That means you're going to be attacked because of your beliefs. I'm used to folks saying, you know, he, that, that preacher just believed such and such and such and such. And, and, and when they say it, and, I, and, and, and they're on point, you know what I tell them? You right? You right? That's me. You are absolutely, he believe in prosperity. You are right. I believe in prosperity. And I'll tell you why. Second, third John 2 says, beloved, that's a child of God. I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health even as your soul does. I'm supposed to be, believe in prosperity. Are you? I'm supposed to believe that. That preacher right there, he, he just believed that God, God will bless him to the point to where he'll be rich. And you are right. And I'll tell you why. 
Proverbs 10 and 22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he has no sorrow with it. That preacher believe if you just pray that you can get this, that, and the other. He just crazy about that old prayer stuff. And you are right. Because Jesus himself said in Luke 18 and 1, men ought always to pray and not lose heart. He also said in Matthew 7, 7, and 8, ask and it shall be given. See, you'll find not and it shall be open. For everyone that asks shall receive. Everyone that knocks, it'll be open. And everyone that seeks will find. And I let them know I got scripture to back up what I believe. He loved to tell them folk about the tithes and so, and you are right. Because I don't want nobody to end up under a curse because they're robbing God. So I'm going to make sure I tell them Malachi 3 as well as what Jesus said about tithe in the gospel when he said to, when he said to religious folks, you tithe common and myth and this you ought to do. But one other thing you need to add to it is mercy. Jesus believed in tithe. The Bible talks about tithe. The Hebrew writer talked even about before the law came into being how Abraham gave tithe to Melchizedek. Tithe is right before the law, during the law, and after the law. And when you understand that, you'll recognize that tithing is a tradition that saints of God should keep. If Jesus said men ought always to pray, that sounds like a tradition that we need to keep. Jesus died for us to be healed to the point to where Isaiah revealed that with his stripes we're going to be healed. Then Peter, a thousand years later, picked it up with his stripes. We were healed. Seem like to me we ought to hold on to the tradition of God being a healer. God being Jehovah Rapha. He just believed God will provide this, that, and the other. And you are right. You're right, I believe, that God is Jehovah Jireh, the provider. Because when Abraham made up in his mind that he was going to obey the will of God no matter what, and God told him to sacrifice his son, so he took his son up to the Mount of Horeb and sacrificed and was ready to sacrifice him before the Lord. But the Lord said, hold up, I know you are a man of faith. And there is a ram caught in the thicket and I, you can sacrifice the lamb. Abraham got so happy he looked at where he was and he decreed that God was Jehovah Jireh the provider. Shelf thousands of years later he'll come Paul in Philippians the fourth chapter and the 19th verse after the Philippian church had given him something while he was locked up in prison Paul turned around and told them and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory sound like to me 
God is a provider. He was one way back in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and if He does not change, He's still a provider. Look at somebody and tell them, you got to know your tradition. And you got to hold on to your tradition. You have to know why you believe what you believe. And say to your neighbor, you can't let nobody rob you of your tradition. I hear you talk about you got a lot of houses and you got a lot of cars and you are right. You are absolutely right. Well, do it really take all that? Do you really need all that? Well, God himself said that he would pour out a blessing. I wouldn't have room enough. That's what he said to folk that give the tithe in Malachi 3. But then Jesus turned around and said, If you give, it'll be given unto you. How Jesus, good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over. Get mad because it's running over in my life. Get mad because it's good measure. Press down, shaking together, and running over. Say to your neighbor, sound like a tradition to me. It didn't start with me. Moses had so many possessions to wear, he had to have a separate tent. Just to put all of what God had blessed him with in it. So when folks start to tell you that that this shouldn't be so and so, they don't know scripture. They don't understand who God is. Israel were basically below poverty. They were considered the tail, the less, scraping the bottom. But God dropped a word on them and told them, it is not my wish for you to be the tail. He said, I want you to be the head. He said, not only do I want you to be the head, I want you to live above only. And they had got so used to being beneath, he, he told, he said, and never beneath. And you have folk in our day and time that are so used to not having, they think it's God's wish for them not to have. I come to tell you, it ain't God's wish for you not to have. Jesus himself Point blank said in John 10, 10, the thief comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come. Why? That you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. How many understand? 
you have to hold fast. You have to stand fast and hold on to the traditions that are written and that God has revealed. Don't allow anybody to talk you out of it. I don't care if they're educated or uneducated. I don't care if they're professional or non-professional. It does not matter. You got to hold on to this right here. Bible says heaven and earth shall pass, but not God's word. Then Amos 3 and 7 said, surely the Lord God will do nothing unless he reveal his secrets until his servants, the prophets. Then Second Chronicles 20 and 20 says, Believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And that's the reason when folks say you believe everything that preacher say. All you got to do is tell them, yeah, as long as he's saying it and it's in line with the will of God. Because if I don't believe what the prophet is saying, I'm messing up my own prosperity. Seem like you just like to follow that man. And you would be right. Because 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 says, As he imitates Christ, I am to imitate him. You don't be talking to folks like, It ain't like that. You, no, you tell them, that you tell them, you're right. You're right, I follow him. You talk just like, yeah, you're right, I do talk just like him because he's teaching us how to think, how to talk, and how to act according to the scripture. Nothing wrong with that. But if you don't understand the Bible, folk will beat you down and you'll think they're right. They'll beat you down if you don't know the Bible. They'll have you thinking you, you're doing something wrong. You shouldn't be doing such a... You don't even go to church. How you going to tell me what I don't need to do? You don't even get the teaching I get. Why are you going to tell me? And see, I'm pointing out all of this because of what he is saying here in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 15. You have to hold the traditions. You can't give up. I don't care how much you struggle. You got to know it's the wish of God for you to prosper. And sooner or later, you're going to come out. Yeah. If he brought me out and so many others, he's going to bring you out. And that's your tradition. I ain't going to stay in this same place. I'm coming out of this place. I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember... Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.